Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Episode 110 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Uremchuk and Coomzy with you. Here to talk about the series that was against the Texas Rangers. As always, the pod is delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Ding dong. Promo code BJNPODDD gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. Coomzy, it was a nice two out of the three. Two or three wins for the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, you know, maybe leaving us wanting a little bit more. But all in all, I mean, you can't really complain about taking two or three from a major league team. No, we we said in the last podcast, we always hope for sweeps, and then do. they don't sweep, and we're always like, ah, that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 have the exact same song and dance every single time, we which do. is they kind of wind up losing the third game to a shitty team and the vibes are down and then the vibes are like not the best but we did say last podcast explicitly if they win the first two with normal starters then they go and they lose to texas's ace martin perez with their bullpen day but they're nice and rested for the tampa series we'll take it as a win so yeah we'll take it yeah and, and that's a great point like we knew that bullpen day would have to get put in there at some point just so you lined up a little bit better against the rays with a big double header coming up on uh, tuesday so you know, you punted that third game against the Rangers. It, Kinda, is yeah. it ideal? No. Was it still a winnable game? Yes. And we'll cover that in three up, three Do down. You, but here's a question. I saw some people saying this on Twitter and I, I was kind of half and half with this. I, I kind of understand the sentiment, but I thought it was a bit extreme. I saw a few people saying it's embarrassing for the Blue Jays that it's September and they're having bullpen games. Do you agree? No, because lots of teams do bullpen games and it's I mean, on one hand, sure, if they would have went and got a better fifth starter at the deadline, then maybe we're not talking about this. If Mitch White maybe was able to keep up his results from his first couple of starts, then yeah, we're not talking about bullpen games. Sure. But I also think you could look at this and go the results from the bullpen games, like from, from the bullpen itself in those games has not been terrible. Like they gave up four runs to the Texas Rangers. It just happened to be on a day where you're going up against their ACE and your bats kind of went a little silent that happens. I, I wouldn't say it's embarrassing at all because there are lots of teams doing bullpen days. Yeah. And especially when you're in a situation like the Jays where you have two double headers in the span of what is it like eight, nine days kind of thing. Yeah. They had the one against Baltimore last week and then one against Tampa coming up this upcoming week. So mm-hmm. there aren't that many teams out there in baseball that boast the pitching, the starting pitching depth to get through such 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 situations where you have like two weeks in a row with yeah. important divisional head to head double header situations. So I'll, I'll cut the Jays some slack. And I also think, like you said, like 
four earned runs in the bullpen day. If the bats showed up, they could have won that game. They easily could have. Um, I would anyone who says it's embarrassing that the Toronto Blue Jays are using a bullpen day. I mean, tomorrow or tonight, sorry, to start a big series, the Tampa Bay Rays are throwing out someone with a career 20.25 ERA who's only throwing an inning of third <laughs> an inning and a third of major league ball in his career. So if you're going to say the Jays are embarrassing, then yeah. you call the Rays embarrassing for doing this, right? Like, I mean, every team deals with injuries. Every team has to manipulate their rotation to some extent, especially when you have these double headers. Like if the Jays didn't have the double headers, you could argue they could knock it down to a four man rotation sure. this month. Mm-hmm. Also, their spot in the playoffs is more or less locked up. So it wouldn't even make sense to do that. Knock on wood, knock on wood. Yes. But like, let's be real here. Yeah. Um, if things go well, if they basically play 500 ball, they're going to get in in some spot. And I wouldn't go to a four man rotation anyways, even if there weren't the double headers, because I don't want to exhaust anyone before the playoffs. I know anyone calling it embarrassing is just looking for something to complain it's about. Yeah, yeah, it's a stretch. All right, let's get into three up, three down from this series against Texas. They won the series. So we start with the ups and the Blue Jays MVP of September continues to roll along. Bo Bichette hits a triple and a home run in the first game of this series. In the second game of the series, ah, ho-hum rips off three doubles and goes three for five in the game, drives in a run. Um, this guy, is just unbelievable right now. He picked up a hit in the third game, goes one for four. I out of words to describe what Bobachet's doing, I think. Yeah, there's not much more we can really say at this point. His OPS for the season now is up to 795, and it was in the lower 700s not yeah. too long ago. We're talking like mid late ish August before he heated up. He's down at like 740 mm-hmm. OPS, and he's worked himself all the way up there. And What can you say? I mean, like it was less than a month ago where we were talking about, oh, yeah, like it would be a no brainer to include Bo plus 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 to acquire Juan Soto. Yeah. And I mean, nothing against Juan Soto. He's fantastic and would be a fantastic fit on the Jays left handed bat right in the middle of their lineup. But I think we all so quickly forgot just how good Bo is because we've said this a million times. But last year's season was so strong that if it's anything less than it seems that it's bad. And even when Bo was quote unquote bad by his standards and by our expectations, he wasn't even that bad. He was still an above average major league shortstop. And we're seeing him now He's the kind of player who's, I think we kind of had the expectation of him when he was coming up that he was going to be one of those big game players when games really mattered. Bo was going to come through kind of like what, what George Springer is, right? You add that in free agency and you kind of think Bo was going to be that guy too. And this is, he was fantastic last September when they were in the mix and he's been fantastic this September and he's kind of creating that reputation for himself. And for me, it's pretty much largely erased any challenges he's had for the season. In his last 15 games, he's batting 426 with an OPS that's closer to 1400 than it is to 1300. That's just insane stuff. And again, it's not like we're using a seven game sample size. It's been half a month now of Bo Bichette just raking and raking and raking. He has six home runs now on the month of September. It's it's remarkable. What an he's important able to time do. too. Right. Like again, the Rangers series K that was whatever you just needed to go get those wins. The Pittsburgh series, you needed to beat the hell out of a weaker opponent, but the way Bo played again in that Baltimore series is a big reason why they took three of four. You could argue that that's given them a bit of a spark. It's in a way, I think given them a bit of their swagger back as well. The way, you know, he's got the hair flowing and he's pointing at the dugout and beating his fist against his chest. Like it's awesome. I think even in the Pirates series too, like there was times there early on where it didn't look like the offense was going to break out and there was 
games where it looked like, oh, geez, like the Jays could blow this thing. This could go into extra innings and they could allow a clunky little single and lose the game. Like yep. it, it looked like those are the kind of games they were losing back in May and June before they had hit their stride. But Bo getting hot is result in a situation where they're not blowing these games against shitty teams. They have to win. Yep. And that's huge. So Bo is huge. Another player who, you know, we definitely don't look to to provide a <laughs> bulk of offense in a series is Danny Jansen. Uh, but Danny Jansen went and did exactly that. He goes two for four in the first game of this series. Uh, he drives in a run as well. And then in the second game, he hits a big home run. Uh, that's I mean, the, okay, the second game will ignore the fact that they gave up four in the sixth, and it looked like for a second they were going to choke yep. that thing away. Yep. But Danny Jansen hit very well. And I do think with the way he's hitting right now, the way Alejandro Kirk is hitting as well. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's figured it out a little bit from his little midseason yeah. post all-star game slump. Uh, in his last 15 games, he's almost batting 300. But the way both these catchers are hitting, that is a fantastic problem to have. Yeah, this is the exact problem you have. And this is what I've, I've mentioned this many times back, especially before the trade deadline when there was talk like, okay, the Jays have so many good catchers. Why not move someone and get someone? Well, this is the problem you want to have. This is what you want in September down yeah. the stretch when these guys have been worn out all year playing catchers obviously among the most difficult things to do in baseball like being in that stance for three hours is tough it yep. has a wear and tear on you so you have two different guys who can play a sound game behind the plate which is the most important and they can come up and produce offense danny jansen's been weirdly clutch this year come up with a handful of really big hits big home runs like in that game september the 10th he goes four for five and his ops jumps up from 758 to 802 so it's like Jansen had been hitting pretty well, but then you have a huge game like that launches you up. And now his yep. numbers for the season are really quite good. So you have those two catchers plus Gabe Moreno there. It gives you a lot of options to do different things. You can start guy one and, you know, one day and then the next day start the other guy. And then you can pinch hit for somebody pinch run. You have three competent catchers and that's what you want. This is a great problem to have. Um, it's, it's, it's a good thing. I think that the Jays didn't opt to move one of these catchers in a deadline deal. Yeah. I think, I think it's a positive, but I do think you can look at the way 27 year old Danny Jansen's playing. We know what they have in Alejandro Kirk. I think this winter there is a very, very good case to trade Gabriel Moreno. You think so? You think he's the one to go? You're going to get the most form. Are you not? You are probably maybe. So if you're, know. if your team's good with Jansen and Kirk, I would be very comfortable with that duo. I'm fine with that. That'd be one of the better catching duos in the American league with the potential to keep getting better. Cause again, they're both well under the age of 30. If Mourinho plus something else gets you the stud, it gets you another stud starting pitcher. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's not something I would and this, I'm not advocating for it, but I'm just saying the play of Danny Jansen, the play of Alejandro Kirk would make it stomachable. I think. I think so too. I think that's reasonable. I mean, that's the thing is it's the good. It has to be the right trade. I'm not saying yeah, you just yeah, go be like, no. hey, trade him for whatever we can. But like if other teams are asking for him, I'm just saying it's not an automatic no for me. No, definitely not. I wouldn't say Moreno is untouchable at all. I don't know if any of them are really like, that's yeah. the thing is you, what we saw kind of with the Soto trade. I remember when San Diego got, the package back. We look at it and everybody's looking at it being like, Oh geez, these guys like, that's all you got. But the thing that we never really think about with hypothetical trades is how an organization internally Bingo. values a certain guy. There might be a handful of teams out there that see Jansen and they're like, here's a younger guy who can hit defend, you know, he's, he's old enough to be considered a veteran, but he's young enough to be considered young. And maybe he's the number one guy, or maybe it's Alejandro mm -hmm. Kirk because the all-star appearance and the offense and the pitch framing and all that. But at the end of the day, the Jays have a great problem. I do think you're right that one of them is going to get moved though. I do think the organization's really high on Gabe Moreno. So I don't know be. if it'll be him.
Fair enough. But it, it, it probably will be one of them. I, I think, think just having this sort of embarrassment of riches, for lack of a better phrase, like you could go into any negotiation. And if a team has an arm or has a whatever that you really, really like, and they go, we're only doing this if it's Alejandro Kirk and you love the arm. If you're going into a Who'd you do that Shohei for? Otani ah. trade negotiation this winter and the angels are like, all right, we need Kirk. And you go, no, we'll give you Mourinho. And they go, no, we're taking Kirk or the deals off. You do it because you know, you have Mourinho and Jansen. Yeah. So there. It's, it's just a nice, it's yeah. a very nice problem to have. And that's, we're talking about things in the winter for the next month and a half. This is a great problem yeah. to have because for a lot of teams, your starting catcher goes down and yep. all of a sudden you're sitting there being like, okay, our backup's probably batting ninth and is a black hole for the rest of the season. And going into the playoffs, we're going to be extra thin with some guy from AAA backing up. Whereas if the Jays go through a, an injury to any one of Kirk or Jansen or either of Kirk or Jansen, you almost just shrug and go, yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. That's why it, it, it's fine to talk about the trade thing in the off season, but if they had done this at a deadline, they would have been in an awkward spot. Mm-hmm. Say you had yep. traded Kirk for a pitcher and you had Jansen Moreno. Jansen gets hurt. Then your playoff tandem is Moreno and Zach Collins. And it's like, it switches fast, but in the off yeah. season, yeah, it does make sense. And there's a handful of pitchers where it's like, geez, you're a good enough pitcher where it's almost like pick one of the three, pick who you want. I'm not going to say no. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Our third up, we have away from Danny Jansen and Bo Bichette. The best start the Jays got in this series came from Ross Stripling oh, and yeah. we aren't surprised by it anymore because nope. this man is now, I would say established in terms of what we can expect from him game in game out this season in his last three starts. He's thrown exactly six innings every single time he's allowed eight earned runs, which isn't, you know, spectacular, but from your fourth starter, some would argue third starter. That's really damn good. In that span, he struck out 18 batters as well over those 18 innings. It's just quality start after quality start after quality start after quality start. Yeah, Ross Stripling's figured something out. He's figured out how to use his change up at the right time, how to keep batters off of balance. I've used the comparison before, but it's much akin to what Marco Estrada was in 2015. It's beyond the point now where we're like, oh yeah, Ross Stripling's done a good job filling in. No, it's he is a good starting pitcher. He's not the team's ace, probably not their number two, but if this is your number three, which he is for the Jays, because you have Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman as your one and two, stripling pitching this well makes Jose Barrios your number four. And that's, that's a nice. damn good one, two, three, four. I, I, I don't know of very many better situations mm-hmm. going into the playoffs with a top four like that. And the conversation keeps coming around. It seemed inconceivable three, four months ago to offer Ross Stripling a qualifying offer. And now it's I happening. would be shocked if they, if they, if they, if they let him go without it. hundred percent. It'd be nuts. 100% and Stripling's going to have to be good again because he is uh, slated to start against the Tampa Bay Rays in this series here. Whether they use him in the double header or not is still up in the air, I think, because we haven't seen any sort of a. No, we just likely know, be Wednesday. Yeah. We just know it's Barrios going for the first game, but yeah. it's, it's hard to figure this one out, especially with yep. Tampa. Like who on earth Tampa is going to throw out their Lord knows. Yeah, Uh, let's get to the down from that series against the Rangers really wasn't a lot, but you didn't love the strike zone in Sunday's game. No one loved the strike zone. If you're a Blue Jays fan in Sunday's (laughs) game, no, the strike zone in Sunday's game was particularly frustrating. And we touched on this earlier and we were going off on a bit of a tangent, which was the, the bullpen day honestly wasn't that bad for the Jays like Trevor Richards didn't have the opening that we would have loved to see. He only gets one out and allows a run. David Phelps comes in and deals with it. And then you say Kikuchi comes in, has some flashes of looking pretty strong, but ultimately goes two innings and allows two earned runs. Zach pop comes in. Julian Merriweather comes in. He looked great. Then Anthony Bass allows kind of a, an ugly little home run there to the bottom guy in the lineup. Kind of unfortunate, but all in all, like if you're, you know, it's the end of the series, you want to rest some arms, 
you don't have a starter to go getting four earned runs from this collection of guys is fine. Uh, but yeah, the batting, the offense was frustrating. Martin Perez is a good pitcher and he's a pitcher who relies a lot on kind of grabbing the corners. Yeah. And he had a tremendous amount of advantage in that start on Sunday because of the home plate umpire really expanded the strike zone horizontally specifically. It was all these pitches like right in tight to a guy's body that were getting mm-hmm. called as strikes. And that allowed Perez to uh, basically just chuck it in there and everything's a strike. And all the Jays had to expand the zone. You see Whit Merrifield reaching far out to make contact with a ball, lazy little fly out to Oscar Hernandez is striking out. It was one of those frustrating ass games. Uh, Martin Perez pitched pretty well, but he certainly got a lot of help. He did. Um, as um, score, as umpire scorecards po- pointed out on Twitter, um, he was 100% on called balls. <laughs> Zero of the 107 balls he called were strikes. He nailed them. That's great. But he had a 69% accuracy on called strikes. 69% accuracy. Not nice. He was basically flipping a coin. Yeah. Well, there's, it was, you can see it in the image here. And I mean, uh, you can't see it cause you're listening, but it's a podcast. <laughs> the audience cause you're listening, but we're looking at it right here and you can just see all of these strikes inside the zone. It's like, if you're a yeah. batter, how are you going to tighten up and just try to try and hit those things? It's, yeah. At the end of the day, it was one of those just sort of hopeless games. It's not a terrible L to take whatever. Yeah. The second down I have is just, you know, they only gave up four runs in that bullpen game, but they left 10 on base. They went over 10 with runners in scoring position. Um, that's just not good enough. That's not. And y- y- the game was there. You could have won it. Could've we could have walked away from that feeling really, really good about this team. We could have taken a look at the American League standing stay and had them dead even with both Tampa Bay and Seattle. We would have. That would have been nice. Coming would have been great. Also, coming out of it, just being able to really make fun of the Texas Rangers mm-hmm. would have been fun. Yeah. And they actually started, they would have been half a game up on each Tampa Bay and Seattle. So, like, that's annoying. You even could have. <laughs> At that point, we could have been looking at the New York Yankees. Only what about only five games? Five games back with three games still I do head still, to head, right? I do still think that's achievable, though. I think the Yankees are catchable. You, if you sweep them. They, you like, sweep. It all hinges on sweep sweeping them. them. You, you have do. to sweep them. But if you sweep them, yep. and the Yankees look like they're maybe starting to get going in the right direction here. Um, but still, is it, that last game is just, again, we said it was... A, acceptable because now we're of a punt game. Well, like I, I'm trying not to complain about it, but it is one of those where you're kind of like, ah, oh, I don't want to be yeah. mad about it, but I'm we're not still mad, mad about it. We're, we're just thinking about what could have been. And we okay. could have been sitting here, been all excited about the standings and we could have been dunking on the Rangers being like, yeah. Oh, a sweep. What is it? The 2016 ALDS. Mm-hmm. But you can't say things like that because they did win a game. Yeah. So it's all good. Um, <laughs> One somewhat positive quickly to round this out. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did have a pair of multi-hit games in this series, going two for five in the series finale. Um, He actually had a hit in all three games, but he also went two for four in the series opener too. So maybe, 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 maybe. That'd be huge. This is a sign Vladdy is starting to get things going. Uh, We could get him and Bo hot at the same time. I don't think it's happened yet this year. Bo and Vlad hot at the same time with clutch George Springer playing in big games on a nightly basis. And this pitching rotation. That would be a sight to behold. And the way the bullpen's been going. Come on. That's what we need. If you get all that happening, then get me all horned up. Now we're talking. This is how we used to talk about the Jays back in March. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They have us believing again, which is something. You better Uh, not. They better not. 
Yeah. Once we're believing and we're Ooh. feeling good. That, ooh. Ooh. All right, let's take a look around the American League quickly and see what else went down over the weekend. The Yankees took two of three from the Rays. Um, that's a fine outcome for me. doesn't really matter. Uh, the Mariners won two of three against the Braves. It would have been nice that to see. That last game was insane. Yeah, that last one was nuts. Atlanta scores five runs in the top of the ninth, and then Seattle comes. Uh, so they, they go ahead by one with their five run inning, and then Seattle goes ahead and walks it off with a two-run ninth. Yeah. Alex Anthopoulos bullpen, man. Yeah. Kenley Jansen <laughs> gets the L in that game for Atlanta. But that was one again. You're sitting there. You're like, oh, man, like the Jays could be ahead of the Mariners here. If Sunday would have just gone slightly differently and like not frustrating to. Yeah, it was very frustrating. Um, anyways, Seattle takes two or three from Atlanta. Orioles lost two or three to the Red Sox. That's cool. um, we're. The, the Orioles are, are losing their steam here, right? Yeah, they're they're at this point now five and a half games back of the Jays. And in the same way that the Jays can still catch the Yankees, the Orioles can still catch the Jays, but it will require what is their they play each other. How many more times? Six, six, six more times. I think Baltimore, if you're an Orioles fan, you're looking at going five and one is the worst we can go if we still want to catch the Jays. Maybe four and two. Yeah, four and two, you'd be three and a half back. That's only picking up two games. So you need to pick up four. You need to go five and one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also similar to the Jays, the Orioles have a difficult schedule. Um, They do have Washington and the Tigers. So, okay, five easy games, but they have four against the Astros, four against the Red Sox and three against the Yankees. And then a bunch of games against the Jays. And then a bunch of games against the Jays, too. So like the the Orioles schedule, it's not like, you know, we were looking at the Mariners schedule last week. And it was like, yeah, they, they have like a cakewalk of a schedule. They have like the A's and Royals a bunch of times. It's a joke. <laughs> um, but the Orioles have a tough schedule. So you're right. I think they would have to go five and one in those games against the Jays if they wanted to have a hope of catching them, because I don't see a lot of sweeps in their future down the stretch once they get out of this Washington Detroit series that they that's two of their next three. So the Jays are now half a game back of the Rays and Mariners. If the playoffs started today, the Astros and Yankees would be getting buys. Mm hmm. It would be Toronto going to Cleveland for a best of three and Seattle would be going to Tampa Bay for a best of three. If things break well, there is still a chance the Jays finish in that top wildcard seed, which means they would be hosting one of Seattle or Tampa Bay. Um, If you had to rank sort of the potential outcomes here from hosting the best of three, going to Seattle, going to Tampa Bay or going to Cleveland, how would you rank them? I'd say... uh Pretty easily, obviously, the best case scenario is finishing as the top wildcard team and being the home team. I think we can say the Jays are a better team at home than they are on the road, though they just had a great road trip. For the past two years, this has been kind of like a noticeable thing. When they returned to Toronto last year, huge boost this year. They've been fairly good at home. I think they would really rally with having the fans cheer them on for a playoff series. That's Mm -hmm. something they haven't had since 2016. This group hasn't had it at all because, of course, their 2020 season playoff games both were played in Tampa. I think that's probably the worst option. I think being the... um, the wild card team that has to go. If let's say they're the number two wild card team and Tampa's the number one, they have to go to Tampa and play the Rays at the trap. I absolutely wouldn't want to be a part of that. That's the worst option. Uh, now I think going into either the central division team or Seattle, I would probably rather go into Seattle just cause I think it'd be fun. see. So the vibes would be better. That'd be Seattle. fun. Yeah. In terms of, and are you, the Mariners that good? Each team has an ace. 
Yeah, they do. Yeah. Right. You're either getting, if we're comparing the central division team, Cleveland right now to Seattle, right? You're either going to have to go through Robbie Ray or Shane Bieber in one of those starts, which would be very, very difficult to win. Um, but the Jays have aces of their own up their sleeves. So that's another thing. Uh, I don't know I'm, what I would pick. I'm I'm more comfortable going up against Seattle's arms, though they do seem like a weird team of destiny that wins games yeah. just based on bullshit. You know, they come up with clutch hits. They get lucky hits. They get inexplicable pitching performances. They're that team. Yeah. They kind of were last year, too, even though they didn't wind up making the playoffs. I would rather face Seattle's pitching than Cleveland's pitching, mm-hmm. though. If unfortunately, the Minnesota Twins have gone two and eight in their past 10 games and they've dropped three in a row. And now they're at 69 and 70. I don't think they're really in the mix for the central division. The White Sox are more in the mix now. They're 72 and 69. That's another team I wouldn't love playing because I think their pitching is yeah. good. Like yep. Cleveland and Chicago, there's both weird vibes there. I think the Jays could go into Seattle and beat Seattle. I think they could. But the number one would be undoubtedly hosting the series. Like there's so many advantages with that. Also just beyond the home crowd thing. Like imagine you're hosting Seattle at home. Then as you just talked about the race can't play. So that makes, that makes things so much easier for the Jays. You really do want to finish number one. And then I think after number one, I would choose. It depends on who it is. Going into Tampa is my last choice. I think facing Tampa in general almost wants to be my last choice. Like if I had to rank them, I think I would go number one, host the Mariners. Robbie Ray might not be able to come. That's just great. Host the Mariners one. Number two, I think it's go to Cleveland. I don't believe they're that good of a baseball team. You can get through having to face Shane Beaver. I don't see a ton of like number two is going to Cleveland. Number three, I hosting hosting Tampa. It's a coin flip for me between hosting Tampa and going to Seattle. Like I just, I'm petrified of the Rays. I just, yeah, I am too. The Rays have playoff experience. Like there's, although they have a, almost a damn near full roster turnover every year or two, this is a team that just recently went to the world series and took the Dodgers to six games. This is a team that is pretty much always in the mix. Yep. They know how to do this. Seattle, they don't, they haven't the mm-hmm. whole team. The organization hasn't been in the playoffs since 2001. I mean, that, that isn't relevant to the guys in the team today, but I don't think they necessarily, the Mariners have the same. And I know I just got finished saying, Oh, they have that weird energy where they just inexplicably went, but they don't have the same. I don't think they have the same quality of no, roster, not the same. They don't have the same raise bullshit magic, yeah. nor do they have the quality of the Rays do. Yeah. I agree. That's our last choice is facing the Rays in any capacity. Yeah, I, I think I, we agree with that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, all right, let's take a look ahead at what's coming up for the Toronto Blue Jays. It's a five gamer against Tampa Bay. We'll step aside <gasps> and have that preview. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. All right. This is a big one. This is a season-defining stretch of ball games it for is. the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, a doubleheader on Tuesday that's going to be led off by your ace, Alec Manoa. Jose Barrios getting the first game of this series. You're going to need him to be well because he's going up against a call-up. If he cannot outpitch Cooper Criswell, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's not ideal. You don't, like we've said, we've said this before. Many times uh, what Jose Barrios does in September will help us forget everything for the rest of the year. And it's been a weird year for Jose Barrios. He signs his huge contract in the offseason. Looks like he's the number two guy of the future for the Blue Jays all locked in. That's fantastic. And then, you know, gets lit up in the first game and he's been a roller coaster ride since he's tightened things up recently. He's been quite good. He's good against Baltimore. Six innings, only two earned runs. He gives up a lot of hits, but he was getting out of jams. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the problem with him was when he's walking, everybody or allowing all these home runs and he just looks shook and he's looked more locked in recently, which is great. But yeah, you need Jose Barrios to come and set the tempo in this series very badly. It's five games against the Rays. They have a tremendous amount of pitching depth. That's one of their strengths. That's one of the things they have over pretty much every other organization in Major League Baseball is, I mean, you're probably not excited about the name they're calling up today. It's some nobody. But if there's anybody in the league that's <laughs> equipped for a five game series that features a double header smack dab in the middle. It's the Rays because, you know, they can call guys up and put it together. So Jose Barrios, you have a double header tomorrow. You have to have a six inning start today. Uh, that's yep. that's important. And again, yeah, double header tomorrow. You can't be wasting your bullpen. You can't have a situation where you got to pull Barrios in the fourth because all of a sudden the game's five, five or something like that. And you're like, crap, everyone counts right now. You need to get out to a big lead. You need to have Jose Barrios. If he throws 105 pitches today, damn it, he needs to throw 105 pitches today and they all better be good. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm putting a lot of expectations on him, but you paid this guy for a reason. And they went through the bullpen day yet on Sunday and took the L against Texas to essentially set themselves up for the situation. Yeah. So there's pressure on Barrios, but man, you get paid a lot of money. So come through uh, Alec Manoa game two. I have no concerns about that. The second game of the doubleheader game three of the series will likely be a bullpen day for this team. Yeah. They unless might. they weirdly feel confident enough in rolling up Mitch white. Yeah. Maybe they bring they up like what I wouldn't be shocked to see is opener. Mitch white goes through the order once after that. And then it's relievers. So the Kikuchi role that we've seen, I think you can trust Trevor Richards. Hopefully. Yeah. I I, I would be fine using Richards as an opener again. He didn't have his best stuff against Texas, but he has been quite good before that. And he's been used a lot recently too. So to be fair to him, yeah, I mean, yeah, pick somebody, whether it's him, whether it's Julian Merriweather, somebody who can come in and strike guys out. And then you do Mitch white. If you can get three innings from Mitch white, that'd be sick. I don't know if you can, maybe they'll do Kikuchi again. Tampa has quite a few. (laughs) Yeah. Let's do uh, Nate Pearson and Julian Merriweather in the same game back to back. I mean, three months ago, I would have been like, hey, yeah, that might happen in September. It's not going to happen. But 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe they can just get a little bit of magic out of Nate Pierce an afternoon game, you know? Yeah, you never know. Vibes it's are good, too. Rogers, yeah. we, we, We're a big vibes podcast, right? We are. We're all about... Yeah, uh, you want us to sit here and back all this up with stats no. and numbers. How about we back it up by just saying the vibes would be really good? Yeah, we're both big fans of qualitative research analysis mm-hmm. in which you just say the vibes are either good or bad, and that's as deep as you go. And more yep. often than not, we're right. Yeah. 100%. Like we were right when we said you, they would punt game three of the series to the Rangers by going with the bullpen. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they do there. Stripling and Gosman to close it out. You just need to get a winning. You need to have a winning record here. Three and two. Set in the bar low. Winning record. Go three, three and two. two. That, that would be fine. Easy enough. More than fine. Easy enough. Uh, if you want to check out our friends at Points Bet Canada, they are live in Ontario. The Jays are actually fairly substantial favorites in this opening game against the Tampa Bay Rays. Minus 170 on the money line, plus 135 on the run line. So uh, there you go. Jose Barrios' over-under for strikeouts is set at four and a half with the overpaying plus 105. I like that. I think he racks up 5Ks. He's only done it once in his last three, but I think tonight's going to be a good start for Jose Barrios, and I'll be putting a little bit of money behind that take. So there you go. Coomsie. Yeah, the Rays aren't afraid to take some swings. No, nope. they're not like an extreme sweat strikeout team, but they do strike out. Yeah. So why not? I All agree right. with you. Open for a winning record in these five games against the Tampa Bay Rays. It is a big one for the Toronto Blue Jays. It is a big one as far as the American League wild card goes uh, in terms of the out of town scoreboard. The games you're going to want to keep an eye on. The New York Yankees are heading into a series at Fenway against the Boston Red Sox. We're cheering for the Red Sox there. Yes, 100%. And the Red Sox just won two or three against Baltimore. So they're helping us out a little bit right now. Baltimore gets an easy two gamer against the Washington Nationals. Seattle is heading into a series uh, against San Diego. They're hosting the Padres. So that's a tough spot on the calendar for the Seattle Mariners. Hopefully the Padres can do their part for us there. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and Cleveland is taking on the LA Angels. They're hosting the LA Angels. So. What are the White Sox doing? The White Colorado. Sox who versus Colorado. So that's another thing. I, I The White Sox are only, what, like a game back of Cleveland? Two games back of Cleveland? They're right in the mix there. So that's another team to pay attention to. Yeah. That might be if back. the Jays wind up being the uh, the last wildcard team. They could be playing the White Sox in the first round, which would be really random. Yeah, that would be weird. And I don't sure. think I'd love that. I don't um, love it. I don't like either of those teams. There, there's, there, we just talked about vibes. I don't enjoy the vibes of going to either Cleveland or South Chicago. No, they do. They both have terrible vibes. Bad There's been so us. many, so many road games against the White Sox in the past where it's the Jays roll in there and it stadium just stadium always looks dark on it, TV. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It always looks like the game's being played at 11 p.m. local time with the lights on. It just looks like foggy <laughs> and dark and gross. We don't want to do that. It's a terrible energy. Central time zone. Boo. No, thanks. I don't. Yep. The central division shouldn't even exist. Like take all five of those teams, put them on an island somewhere and they can play their own league. <laughs> it's pointless. There's no need to have central division teams in the playoffs. It's stupid. I think Baltimore should be in the playoffs over Cleveland or the White Sox. They deserve it more. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'm a big fan. This is a bigger conversation. We won't have it, but just abolish divisions, have an even schedule across the American League. Who cares? Yeah, it doesn't Modern matter. travel. Like these guys fly private jets. It's not like they're yeah. getting on like a little air bus and flying across the country. Like they're fine. They can yeah. handle more travel or make the make it fewer games. Yeah, it's not a make, it deal. make it 142 games, 152 games. I'm sure it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Or stretch the season out and start in like mid-March. That'd yeah. be sick. Make uh, spring start earlier. Yeah. Spring training. Sure. Works for me, man. All right. Okay. We're going to wrap this thing up. Coombs, you enjoy this series. We'll be back later in the week. I will do my best. Five games against the Rays is not easy. Yikes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.